0: And if we expand the idea of what culture is, um, and how we can design it from just employees, yeah, to everyone inside of an ecosystem that is either potential customers or uh, advocates that haven't that, that don't engage to employees, like there's no wall. There's no there's literally. Before I used to say. It was like the walls of the building were kind of going away. Now there are no walls of buildings. It's just, we're all here and I happen to be creating value for you. You know, I get paid to create value on the inside, but as a community manager, right? If you're a, if you're like a Google community manager or one of these others, that's their job is to connect with the community. Why doesn't that, that should be the case broadly. What will you do to unlock innovation? In today's fast-paced world, innovation might not be enough. Tomorrow's pioneers of change will need to be agile, able to adapt, and committed like never before. Your host, Santa Vending, invites you to listen in and join business leaders from around the world as they share their visions for success in our future business challenges.
1: I want to welcome Joss Levine. He's an educator, designer, and best-selling author. Joss has helped build culture-driven brands, and as a principal of Great Mondays, he continues to work with technology and social enterprise organizations. So welcome, Joss. I'm so happy to be you here on today.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: So let's, let's go further into company culture, right? Um, so let's, let's get a definition because we want to be sure that we're all on, on the same page here. So how will you define um, company culture?
0: It is the cause and effect of every decision that you make. Every decision that every employee makes, big and small. Um, There's a lot of different definitions out there. Yeah. Um, And when I first started looking into and thinking about company culture about 15 years ago, I felt like I didn't know. I didn't understand. I was like, this seems really important, but how do you call it? Like, what do you say? And... There's a lot, so there's, there's, there's kind of some common, you know, there's sort of the, the, the dictionary definition. So the, um, the behavior, the, the, the kind of the rituals, the, the, the kind of repeated pieces of a culture or a, or a group of people, Um, or maybe some people might say, uh, it's what you do when the boss isn't in the room. (laughs) <laughs> right there's that one yeah so there's all sorts of and they're not wrong right? yeah like they're not that's not they're not wrong but for me it wasn't very instructive and so it was it took me a while to kind of think through this because it was what i realized it was cyclical it was systematic which is why i'm i articulated that way cause and effect because that is essentially the power and the problem or the challenge of culture yeah is that if someone, if you're not aware of how you're acting, how you're making your decisions, you could be influencing how other people are making their decisions in an unproductive way. Yeah, but that's the most important piece: cause and effect.
1: Yeah. So why is it so difficult? And I think when I, you know, when I started my career many, many years ago, oh, you know, you talked about company culture, right? The leadership that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you still do it's like that's it's it's still so big it's still that mountain Mm -hmm. Um, so why is it so difficult
0: well culture is a big i mean i think number one you just said it it is a big thing yeah and number two i don't where are the edges of this thing right it's a fuzzy topic so how do i wrap my arms around it yeah um i'm i'm i am happy to report that people are now paying attention to it more and more. yeah. And that's wonderful because now we have more eyes and we have more people engaging in the practice. Yeah. The question is what is the practice? And so when the, the, to answer your question, why is it so hard? Well, cause I, I don't know what it is. Like, what is that definition? And even if you have that definition, the behaviors and choices, what do I do about that? how do you influence behaviors and choices well it's everything yeah right so now what what do i like you're like that's too much i don't know what to do right like i'm just going to install a foosball machine or or i don't know what it might be right right? (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and so previously or or maybe the majority still be they they leaders um only Think about culture when it is a problem, when there is a problem that arises, and that means that they're being reactive. Yeah. And when you're reactive, you're on your heels, right? You are not thinking strategically, typically, if you have a crisis. And so what I like to say is that it is better to address culture early so that you don't have to address a crisis at the same time. Yeah. Why is culture hard? Because it's a big thing that is really ill-defined. And so what I, and I asked myself the same question, and that's why I wrote my book, Great Mondays. I define the six components of culture as a starting point for people, for leaders, for managers to have something to hook into, little tools and levers and opportunities to think, okay, if I don't want to just react, I want to be proactive, how do I do that? And as a designer, you know, a design thinker, I, I I like to think about a framework and a pattern that allows people to understand the problem better. And that's what I've laid out in the book. And that's really the whole, the core principle of everything that we do when we work with clients as well, is what are six components? Yeah. How do we help you develop each of those? Yeah. Yeah.
1: What if you go and, and work with a client? What are what are some of the signals that you see if it has a bad culture or not as good culture? Well,
0: <clears throat> I think first off is, um, I don't want to necessarily say what is a bad or what is a good culture. Yeah. Um. The question is whether it is a culture that is aligned with the goals and the outcomes that you want. So for example, um, there have been many reports about the crappy culture, quote unquote, at Amazon. You know, if you're working the warehouse, you get a five minute bathroom break right or i don't know, whatever whatever the latest scandal is yeah but you can't argue with the success right and so it's it's this customer first customer only and 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 employees are are not the priority okay so you've made a choice but i mean i'm not saying you're you're not a successful company i I don't think that's a great culture. I don't want to go work for Amazon, yeah. but if it's aligned with what their goal is, then that's then that's fine. and yeah. so there's the corrective that it, it's a kind of a a false choice, right Do we want a good culture or a bad culture right like you want to be thoughtful about your culture yeah. you have you have a culture every every company has a culture. It's just a matter of whether it's the one that you want or not.
1: Yeah, but but you can also write down, right? You have all your mission and your vision, right? And say yes. How yes. we are, we live, you know, by by all this, and then there is employees that's not living by it, and they some, sometimes they they are allowed to behave. Yes. They perform right, or they are okay. a good resource, but they don't live it, and then the high, per-
0: the high performing
1: asshole. Yes, thank you for saying it. Um, and it really hurts the the company within. Yes, yeah. Um, and I'm so surprised sometimes that how long it can take for um for, for leadership or management to to see it that it's, yes, you are performing in this moment and maybe the next couple of weeks, but what's happening behind the scenes is just not good.
0: It is a classic, and I think there's many problems uh business corporate culture or corporate enterprise you know problems that can be framed in the same way that this is which is short-term benefit long-term problem yeah what is the trade-off what is the you you organizations are often incentivized to and 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 as humans we are are in in sort of intrinsically programmed to deliver on the short term to succeed kind of this fight or flight we got to win this quarter and so if you are if one is unable to see the picture and even if you are to really reckon with the the, the 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 scale of the problem that will emerge in the future you don't feel that pain now yeah right the pain now is if we fire this person we're going to lose our big accounts yeah but if you don't fire this person then in 18 months you're going to have you know, a 25% turnover, your turnover is going to continue to be, you know, whatever it, whatever it might be or accelerate. Right. So, and it's hard, right. That's an ambiguous, you're like, what will happen? You're like, well, I don't know what, what problem will occur in the future, but I do know that if we get rid of this person now, we're going to see a, you know, a drop or, you know, in sales or whatever it might be. Yeah. So short versus long and culture is, um, is the kind of quintessential long-term project. This is something you invest in now, and you can maybe get a little couple wins, but it takes a long time. And so this is only culture. I mean, culture work is really only for organizations that want to have success in the long term. Long, like, its I don't want, you know, it's like, we try not to get wrapped up in the kind of build it quick and flip it organization startups, right? Like, if you're like, I'm in it just to make money, like as a startup, you know, someone who's a founder, because that they don't care about the long term inherently in that. So when we think about culture, culture is a long-term investment. We are talking about legacy. We're talking about a decade. We're talking, it takes a long time. And the bigger the organization, the longer, the, the, the longer timeline it takes to actually feel that, but in the end, there's nothing, there's no other way to go about it. If you want to turn the ship, I know the ship is going to turn slowly. Yeah. But if you don't the ship is not turning and it will
1: run aground. Yeah. Yeah, you have to do something. So let's 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 talk about it right cuz pandemic after the pandemic hybrid not hybrid companies going back to, to being in the office some saying you can be you know remote. How do you create a company culture suddenly when everybody is all over?
0: Yeah, that is a that is a really good question. So the problem the reason why this is this is what I believe. The reason why it's a problem when everybody's all over the place is because you're missing those relationships. You're missing, so in the way I'd like to describe it, relationships are the synapses of culture. And relate building it and strengthening relationships is the way an organization you know is coherent this is what 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 we do is we have we work with other people so here we are in this moment of somewhat you know hybrid or fully distributed and all of a sudden we have we don't have the same moments in time to build those relationships we don't have the proverbial water cooler, pass them in the hallway, mm-hmm. connect with folks, even that little nod or good morning or whatever familiarity, right? You just see. Yeah. People. So now, and there's some research out that shows you're closer with your immediate team, but much further away from anybody else. And so you have, you're going to have a very strong team culture, you're going to be familiar with folks and you're having, you know, it's like people are available and you're doing the most immediate things. But now we have to be very, very, um, explicit about how we build relationships beyond our immediate team. And I think the organizations that don't do that are going to see a severe drop-off in quality of collaboration and engagement and work. You're not going to have, you're not going to know what's happening elsewhere in the organization, and yeah. so there's this whole rebirth, right? This whole like really messy reimagining of what the how the organization works now, and you're going to see the pain of that, and then you're going to see people, leaders who go, ah, remote work sucks, it's not going to work, it's it's look, it's terrible but the truth is is that it's not working because we haven't figured it out it's not that it can't work there are things that we need to be in person for for sure yeah but i believe that we can absolutely build you know have an organization that really does great work and can do it remotely and can have a good culture except That the problem now is that the burden of these relationship-building activities is now on the organization. Before it just happened. Yeah. Before it just happened, right? That's why we had the foosball or the ping pong or the pizza (laughs) parties or whatever. Like Those are some of the ways that we actually, that's what I call rituals. Yeah. And so, okay. So we pass people in the hall. It just happens. We see each other. We're in the same location, but I don't know if you ever worked at an organization that actually had multiple buildings or even multiple floors. There's some research out there that says that if someone that there's sort of this logarithmic relationship between distance of where someone sits and how well you know them. Yeah. And so if there's someone on a different floor, it's like, you'll never see them because you don't go to that other floor. No. no, And it doesn't matter. So what we have to do, this is kind of that, except for in the extreme is we now have to, as as part and parcel of our job as a manager, as a business unit leader, as an executive, to say, if I want my organization, my people, that work for me to have, to be able to be engaged and collaborate and and work well together, they have to know each other. And so we need to establish rituals, we need to establish channels, we need to establish th- things that happen that actually enable people to connect with one another Yeah, outside of their normal Zoom team call. <laughs> and that is going to be the key yeah and it's not it's and it's not easy and and it's not you know quick but it's critical we have to yeah
1: have, have you have you any examples would you any of your clients or anything you read where they where they succeeded because again some of it is virtual right and there is People are less afraid, not afraid, but not as tech savvy. So they're like, uh, I don't want to do it, right? It's easier just to walk by and say, good morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. have you any examples you can share?
0: You know, I was just um, reading an article by um, um, one of the writers for The Atlantic, and um, I drew a really in- important lesson. And the the article was all about how um, sports is the perfect Bonding activity, like to be a fan of us of a sport, yeah, exactly because the stakes are so low, yeah. And he goes on to tell the story about how he and his dad were Cubs fans, and you know there was a relationship that built on that. You know, like ultimately not life or death. Thing. You know, it's it's just a kind of this thing to connect on. And what I realized to me, the corporate example of that is the, um, or an example of that would be like on, if you have, um, a cat's channel on Slack or a dog's channel or a baby's channel.
1: Yeah.
0: And what that does is it creates these new, uh, like the it 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 identifies people self-identify with things that they are have in common with others that have nothing to do with their project plan yeah and what's wonderful about cats dogs and babies is that when you're in there you're like oh it's so cute right you (laughs) like (laughs) we're not corporate right you shed that you're like your heart's open (laughs) Uh, Right? Like if you're a dog person and you see dog, you know, it's like you have a dog, you're like, oh, I get that totally. And you're not, you're, you're able to be more open and connect with others. Yeah. Is this the panacea that everybody's looking for? No. But is it an easy way to create for people to identify and find people that they have common interests? Absolutely. There's no reason. It costs zero dollars and it runs itself. People want to share the cats, dogs, and babies pictures. So to me, that is the starting point. That is a very concrete, easy thing to think about of like, what are the other things that we have in common that people can find connections with others? You can also, and should also create these connections around employee resource groups. That's another way to do it. That takes a lot of effort. But yeah. I've seen it. One of one of my clients is just—they're so all in on the um, on diversity, equity, and inclusion. But they have an incredible wealth of employee resource groups that are branded, that have names that are connected to the brand, and they each have logos. And people are really passionate about it. Beautiful. Look at the value. Look at that. That's so great. Why not have a lunch and learn over? You know, over Zoom. I'm going to teach you how to make risotto. So everybody shows up who likes to, you know, cook. Or maybe not. Maybe they're connecting with them anyways. Yeah. So these are the these are the things that we need to start doing is establishing these kinds of uh corporate
1: approved. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? Like like it needs to be
1: but activities, right? Activities. Or funding across yeah.
0: Yeah. And it needs to be it's a, a range, right? So yeah corporate supported, um, uh, um, what I call emergent rituals and the corporation goes, Oh, right. Leaders go, Oh, look at what's happening here. We're going to let this happen. Hey, did you know you guys can do this on, you know, on company time? Um, a CEO that I worked with, I saw her, um, (laughs) I saw her, um, call out one of the, one of the, people that we were working with and saying hey I, I know that you i know you play bass guitar and um i know that you you know you and a few of the folks here and that in, you know at the company have like a you know have like a little group i want you to like i want you to guys to do a performance at the next employee kickoff meeting or whatever it is the sales kickoff yeah and then, like the next time we were in the room, she was like, "You guys been practicing, and she was like, "Wait, you were serious, and she was like yeah i want I want you to do it like let's let's get yeah. it so that's the you know it's like, ooh, I see the opportunity, yeah, let's make this happen,
1: yeah, no that's good no yeah it, it and it is to to get an interest right and learn more about everyone um and, and their interest as well. So that, that's a great way to do it. What about the, all the generations? Because I can see that with, with my kids. Um, they, they can be virtual, right? And even though they never met, met the person, maybe they have never saw the person because they're playing games, right? But they still talk about this person as a friend. Um, so how with, with generations and in the workplace now, how is that going to, to, to impact uh, company culture?
0: Yeah. I mean, they're going to be more likely and more naturally able to make these and have these relationships for us, you know, you and I, where it's like, it's a little bit harder because we had experience being in person and that was kind of, that's kind of the benchmark, but Gen Z never had that. Right. It's just, it just won't. Um, so I, I, I believe that it's going to be more naturally. They're going to take to it more naturally, but it will still be the you know it'll still be the organization's job to make sure that they have the opportunity to connect with other people in the organization because if you're on a discord chat you're going to be um, on a, one of the discord servers right it's going to be for a particular interest that may not have to do with the organization it could be a coding language it could be a game whatever it might be yeah. so you know that's where they're going to spend their time and energy and that's fine yeah, and what are the opportunities you can do to to spin that up inside of your company as well, so that you have this opportunity? And the truth is that maybe at the you know as we continue to go down this distributed path and we have these very powerful ways of connecting with people, maybe we're going to see these organ these rituals and connections that happen inside and outside the company. Yeah. Maybe what we need to do, what organizations, forward thinking organizations need to do is they need to connect customers and employees over, you know, uh, craft beer brewing or, or something, right? Like to me, I think the future of culture is really about communities internally and externally. And that's what these, these tools are doing is creating communities where there were none. And you may not even know what those people look like, but you're both, you know, you're, you have these avatars playing the games. And so I think there's a whole realm of possibilities. And if we expand the idea of what culture is, um, and how we can design it from just employees to everyone inside of an ecosystem that is either potential customers or. Advocates that haven't, that, that don't engage to employees, like there's no wall. There's no, there's literally, before I used to say it was like the walls of the building were kind of going away. Now there are no walls of buildings. It's just we're all here and I happen to be creating value for you. You know, I get paid to create value on the inside, but. As a community manager, right, if you're, a, if you're like a Google community manager or one of these others, that's their job is to connect with the community. Why doesn't that? That should be the case broadly.
1: Yeah. So what I hear as well is you, you, there's been a lot of focus, right, when you talk to looking at your customers, right, saying customer-centric. But here, right, to be employee-centric, I think that's, you know, being sure that you're listening as well to your, to your employees, community
0: community centric um, yeah. and here's what i'll say i think the terms employee and customer are going to yeah. become irrelevant yeah you're no longer who it doesn't matter when you look at and i know this is going pretty far out there but you look at distributed autonomous organizations daos right like those are self-organized groups of people that get value when the organization you know succeeds i don't think that that is too far afield from what a formally you know formally created traditional organization is like where you have people contributing i mean you have to look at to open source software one of our clients we've we had a long-term relationship with um red hat now part of IBM, um linux and the the red hat enterprise linux that is an open source program and they have there's people in this community that contribute to that unpaid because it it gives them social status and they want to be part of this project yeah so that is to me the very that was like kind of the early days of what i expect to see where you're going to have people a community supporting a project and the what we get And what we contribute is not necessarily, you know, going to be the, uh, I'm going to get a paycheck for sitting at my desk from nine to five. Yeah. That's a very old way of thinking. Now it is, I get social credits when I contribute to a project, and maybe that helps me, you know, build my next startup. I don't know. Like, oh, I know who you are because you did these things. What is value? It, you know, it's like the internet and this distributed world has allowed us to create that, like to exchange value in ways that is so far beyond what my parents could ever even understand, right? Uh It's like, you go, you make a widget and you sell the widget and you make some, you know, you make a few pennies on it. This, this is, this is, you know, we're now moving into this world that doesn't adhere to that anymore.
1: Yeah. What? How do you recruit in, in the, how the world looks like today? Um, I've seen, if you go and, and just looked on LinkedIn, right? And you see some, there's so many jobs, but <laughs> if you go and look, right? Um, if that was a dating site, I heard somebody say this, right? If that was a dating site, it, it looks like, oh, date me, right? And then they just write me, me, me. <laughs> If that was a dating app, you know, yep. I'll run away and like saying I'm not. That person can only talk about himself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not there. Mm-hmm. So, what's what does the future look like on when you have to recruit new employees?
0: Uh, well, I think first you you know you hit it exactly, which is you need to tell them you need to be really aware of what what those people that you would like to work for you want, what do they get? And I'm not just talking about, um, pay and benefits. What are the things, what are the things that you get when you sign up? So one of the models that we created, the, the five P's of, uh, the employee experience, and this works, this is, this is works for, um, when you're recruiting a new candidate to continuing to keep people, you know, at the company. So yeah. the five P's package potential people purpose and perception. So it's the it's the um, hierarchy of employee needs. Right. So it's like it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So at the bottom, easy to provide, easy to articulate package. What do I get today? Money, healthcare, whatever that is. Yeah. Fine. Everybody can. As a matter of fact, you're probably not giving them as much as Facebook can. Right? You're going to compete with Facebook and Google. So theoretically so that's just one thing but that's not the only thing you know package potential what is what do i get tomorrow is there a path for leadership to get to to lead to be a leadership and leader in this company is it a resume yeah. builder what do i learn what do i get to well how does this advance my my career so package potential people So those are the people that you're going to work with. And I'm not just talking about, Ooh, Sana's awesome. I can't wait to hang out with her and we get to do some cool things together. It's no look at who, who is working here. You will become like them. Yeah. Right. There's the rule of like, you're the sum average of the, you know, the, the five or 10 people that you hang out with most. So you would like to be ideally you're like aspiring to be you're like those people are so smart i just i it makes me feel like that's exactly the kind of person i want to become yeah okay so that's the first three package potential people purpose so one of the core tenets of culture in the first place why do i why am i coming what what, what are we doing here it's not about just about money what is it that we're doing at this company and how can I contribute that is m- about more than just money? What is it we're doing? What is what is our purpose? You better have that clearly articulated in 25 words or less. Yeah. It's one of the things that we help our clients do and it's the first component of culture. Yeah. And then, package um, potential, people, purpose, perception, at the end of the day, what has this job, this moment in your career done when you look back and you're like, ah, I went and worked at X, Y, Z. And that was the moment that I was able to do what? And how do you, and then how do you articulate that? That's such an, that's so obscure or obtuse. Like what, what might that be? And I think that's part of the magic of having really great uh, communicators on your team. How do you sketch this opportunity in a way that isn't just you get $150,000 a year. It's like, come join us to do some amazing things. And at the end of the day, you're going to look back and say, oh my gosh, this was, I was part of this incredible journey. Yeah. You articulate that with language, with design, right? Those are all the things that you start to, and as you move up this pyramid, it's harder and harder to articulate. It's harder and harder to get, but once, but when you get there and you're able to tell this cohesive story, all of a sudden that dating profile looks a lot, a lot sexier. Yeah. And don't forget that you can't just stop once they've signed on because you better believe if they're a high potential, they're getting hit on by, recruiters and headhunters every week yeah so make sure they understand what they're doing there and why
1: yeah yeah be human as well right and have that emotional and be proud of what, absolutely. what the company stands for.
0: absolutely it's not gonna be for yeah. everybody you're like well i don't know if someone's gonna like the way that you talk that's fine that's yeah. fine like be a human right yeah. like a human
1: yeah um what do you think and look in the future what do you think the the future you know the workplace will look like because we are in a mix right hybrid be in the office mm-hmm. um yeah it, and it's the whole world um it's it's in every stage
0: yeah it's the um you know the it's going to be the micro multinational every organization is going to be working asynchronously remotely distributed you're going to have little outposts across the country where people might come together every once in a while. Um, so I think you're going to have you're going to see what I would call like a pulsing where most of the time you are at a home office or some co-working space and then sometimes you're going to meet with your local team just to kind of be in the same space even if you're not working on the same project. so if you all happen to be in the mid-atlantic region you know if you're you know in Virginia then maybe you want to come in and do that and then I think you're gonna find once at least once if not twice a year you got to have these com- the companies got to bring everybody together um, yeah into and, and it is expensive but it's a lot cheaper than holding prime real estate in downtown San Francisco or New York Manhattan you got to bring everybody together so that they can work synchronously for a week at a time and get to actually know each other. Yeah. Um, and to me that is probably what we're going to see is this like, um, even if it's hybrid, right? So hybrid, we think of when, when we first started talking about hybrid work, it was like, oh, I am working sometimes at home and sometimes in the office. But, but what about my team? Are we doing that at the same time? Are we doing that differently? Am I just going into the office so that I can sit in the room on zoom with everybody else? (laughs) Right. What a waste. That's so dumb. So we're going to pulse probably, you know, it's like, you're starting to see either a company says distributed hundred percent, or they say two days a week, it's Tuesdays, Thursdays, or three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or whatever. And so you're going to have this, this kind of like pattern and which I think actually works really well. For humans if you think about the way that we are designed biologically it's you know it's like you wake and you sleep we have the seasons you've got the days so i think not asking people to come in five days a week is a little more humane it's a little more organic and so that to me is like would i make the effort to travel to you know work with people for a week if i haven't seen them for the entire year yeah that's going to be worth it give me a reason to come in give me yeah. a reason to come together so i think that's the future is going to be a lot of this i don't know what to call it but pulsing of you know patterns is cycles maybe yeah. cycles mm-hmm. of work
1: Cycle, yeah no yeah i agree i agree i think that's that's good and it's good to be i like the flexibility i think that's just it, it you you can be much more productive um, and and or human. human and human. Yeah. So that was the future. Let's look into the past. So if you have to like, look 20 years ago, what kind of advice would you give yourself? <clears throat> I was in art school 20
0: years ago. Um, I would say um, stay interested in lots of different things and the job that you're training for is not the job that you'll have (laughs) it's (laughs) you don't know you don't know what the the the, certainly i i I didn't and that's what i would say is like you're you you think you're going to do something but that the thing that you're going to be doing doesn't even exist today yeah so what you need to do is start working on the the skills that they're going to carry with you, I would uh, I would I would uh, specifically I would say um, learn how to write sooner. <laughs> that would be the specific <laughs> the specific task. I think I uh, I did not I, writing is something I lean heavily into. It's something that you know I find really powerful, and um, was not you know did not end up learning how to do that until later in my career. So that would be a specific one. And, and so more broadly, it's like, just be interested in a lot of different things and start collecting the, the, you know, absorbing all the things that are happening and continuing to, you know, I'm a pattern seeker, like as a, as a designer, right. I was in design school, I'm up, I look for patterns. And so that's, yeah. to me is like, you don't know what you have no idea what's going to happen, but you can start to see and look for the patterns.
1: Okay. I like that. So if uh, any of the listener wants to reach out to you, how, how can they connect with you?
0: Sure. Um, well, they can uh, find the book on Amazon, Great Mondays. You can also head over to greatmondays.com. I've got a lot of content on there. You can read about the book. You can learn about our agency. And then I also have a slash classroom um, with a lot of free tools and um, articles. So check that out. you can also find me on LinkedIn, Um a.k.a. Josh Levine. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm always happy to, to chat with anybody who's interested in culture and talking about the future. And they can email me josh at greatmondays.com.
1: Thank you. And I'll put that in the in the show notes and also make sure that it will be on mindinnovation.com for this episode page. So um, nobody needs to to rush to, to write it down. That's right. Um, great to, to have you on the podcast today, Josh. I think, you know, being proactive and the whole community-centric I think that's uh, that's my takeaways from from today. So thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a r- real pleasure.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Mind Innovation Podcast. New episodes are dropping bi-weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcast. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Santa Vending. You can also find me on YouTube, search for Mind Innovation, or go to my website, sanivending.com or mindinnovation.com. Stay curious, keep learning.